two, one. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. We're just going to dive right into it, friends and foes. It's a football show. It's draft recap time. It's the million and one video and podcast you've probably listened to to figure out how your team did. We're going to try to dive into it best we can. Of course, we're fans of teams from the NFC East, but we'll try to keep an open perspective because I think we, we all know that some of our favorite drafts are probably by teams that weren't our teams. So we'll get into that dive in right away. Chris Cortez, can you hear me loud and clear? I can hear you loud and clear. Loud and clear. We had some tech issues when we tried to boot this thing up, but we're back in. We're near the Wi-Fi. I think we're going to make it through. Michael Foose and your Philadelphia Eagles, how you feeling? Feeling really good. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that more later. So I say let's we'll dive right in. This is going to be mostly an overview of the draft, uh, maybe the first round or so that we cover. But there's been a couple of crazy things that happened before. There's a little bit of news that hit the, the day of. Um, the news hit that Aaron Rodgers makes his official request to leave the Green Bay Packers. And the rumor mill hits. Like tied to every team. Is he tied to San Francisco? He's going to Denver. Apparently, I heard the most recent things that Denver had deals in the works. They were close. They were right on the verge. We'll talk to talk about it later why they may have may or may not have even impacted how they drafted. So guys, what do you make of it? Is is Green Bay just unable to keep a quarterback past sixteen seasons? Is just that just the limit? It's it's so fascinating. Um, I mean, it's it's odd that it's sixteen and sixteen with Bart Starr and Brett Favre, um, yeah. potentially sixteen with Rodgers. But um, last year when they traded up to draft Jordan Love, it's just like, what is this organization doing? Like, you have one of the best quarterbacks of all time still in his prime, locked and loaded, ready to go. Um, just came off a great. Um, great season and it's like are you abandoning him what are you doing and then it was just seems like thing after thing with the front office with players being released that uh rogers liked and um eventually it just came to a head on draft day and you know they they also kind of doubled down if you think about it taking eric stokes when there were some pretty good receivers still on the board almost exactly doing what they did last year i was kind of pulling for them to just draft another quarterback just to see what would happen like just take as many quarterbacks as you can and just see what what happens um this is this is crazy from a guy who just clearly uh does not want to be there and so i'm really interested i think it's that june 1st deadline where the cap hit goes down of okay are we gonna see him play in green bay ever again Man, everything I'm hearing, this is as of, what's today's date? May 5th um, at 8.40 p.m. Uh, we, we could hear something tomorrow. We might not hear something, like you said, till after June 1st. That's usually when some of those designations, if he is traded, maybe less of his salary is guaranteed. Less is, on, less is on Green Bay's pocketbooks for that, wherever he goes. But even like local Green Bay riders are saying, well, there's a 5% chance that he might still play with Green Bay. So, people that cover the team, how do you let this happen? I mean, is it, 
it's got to be just the Green Bay ownership thing. There's not a real owner. There's not a real. <clears throat> it is a community trust, so to speak. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if they thought Aaron Rodgers was was um, past his time. Um, you had a new regime kind of come in last season, um, and so sometimes guys want to put their own faces um, on that regime and be able to draft their guys and develop them. But um, once again, it's this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, and you should be able to just pick up and go with him. Um, I feel really bad for any Packers fans. Actually, I, I've, there's a guy in my um, fantasy football league that um, I'm a commissioner of. It's a dynasty league. Um, and this guy's top two quarterbacks, because it's a two QBs league, are Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. And um, <laughs> I feel so bad for him right now. <laughs> um, but... It's, I mean, I, wherever Aaron plays, if he plays this this season, he's gonna cook. Like uh, the most, I hear Raiders are might be landing spot for him. Um, I think he just wants out. But also, you got Gruden over there; he'll overpay. Yeah. I mean, I guess my thing is, I, I could understand this if, let's say, he was where Favre was. Okay, so Favre, toward the end, you could kind of tell. Okay. He's moving out of his prime. He's older. He's this. Aaron Rodgers just had, he was just the MVP of the league. They've gone to two straight NFC championship games. How do you not feel like your window is now and that it could be closing in the next couple of years? And you might be like a player or two away from getting over the hump. You know, I think that's the thing that blows my mind. I could, I can understand if it was just him they had a terrible team around him and they just said, you know what, we need to just, you know, burn it all down, rebuild, start over. But it seems like they're kind of willing to do that anyways. Yeah. Uh, who's to say? I mean, letting go any continuity. I think when you have, when you have a talent like that, I could see the temptation to be of, you know what? We will overcorrect. We're just going to go defense, 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 because we can put anything out there and Aaron will make it work because mm -hmm. he's just got that talent. So then then guess what? You don't protect him long enough. He has to run around more. He gets hurt. He's got some injuries. Next thing you know, you've wasted a couple of years of his prime. But it'll be interesting to play out either way. And it, again, had some possible implications at the top end of the draft. Kyle Shanahan sees light comes back from nihilism we're, we're happy for his his heart his soul there uh the the interview where he uh apparently when he was doing the whole tongue-in-cheek you know we might not even be here sunday apparently he had like an interview word that he was like friends with or close with like a b-rider for san fran and he was apparently like trolling and messing with him and then he's like i, I call jimmy we're good i call jimmy he's a great guy when he's when he's healthy, great guy got to a Super Bowl, but the other quarterback that I, who's got to be feeling the complete opposite of Aaron Rodgers, it's got to be Pat Mahomes right now. Like they're, they're we're also right there on the doorstep, and the the antithesis of what Green Bay was doing. You know what? We're right there, 
We're going to make sure that we've got everything we need. Traded for Orlando Brown. Got Joe Dooney to come out of retirement and then drafted Center Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. So Pat Mahomes all smiles on the internet. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is a very happy man. He is very cushy now. Kansas City, he has the huge contract, um, amazing talent around him. Um, sky's the limit. I expect the Super Bowl to probably be just a repeat of last season. I think maybe a different result, though. You know, I really think any quarterback can feel good about not having to run for their life. Um, I, I think that's it's kind of a baseline level of what your quarterback wants. Of I'd prefer not to get killed um, or hit nonstop in a game. And um, now Pat Mahomes has that um, with all those weapons to throw to. So Foose, I agree. They are definitely um, a favorite to make it back to the Super Bowl. Yep. Well, it's been almost nine minutes, and we haven't even gotten to the draft. So, gentlemen, let's move right along. First round of the 2021 NFL draft. Pretty much went how we thought. First two picks. T. Lawrence, number two. The Mormon, the great Mormon hope is going to New York City. It's official. We're going to see those those uh, billboards you talked about, the Jersey Turnpike, coming up soon. Are they already there? They might already be there. I've not right. gone up the Turnpike recently. I am confident they're probably already there. I'll be up in that area next week for a wedding, so I'll I'll see what I can see when I <laughs> drive through. You know, I might have to go – what's the word I'm looking for? I can't speak. I'm intentionally going to just go around Philly. I'm just not even going to drive through Philly. I'm just going <laughs> to skirt it as much as possible. I think that's fair. So I, yeah. Yeah, it's fair. So Trevor Lawrence comes off the board. Franchise quarterback. No questions there. Zach Wilson off the board. And then look who was right about our boy Trey Lance. Mac Jones is not a top five pick. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it, except I'm going to be honest because I was honest last time. I thought I might be wrong on that, but I just refused. I heard too many things. Otherwise, you don't trade that much to get up to number three to take a solid, probably franchise quarterback. But nobody, I don't think he's going to. I think he's at a spot where he landed down with New England. We'll get down to that later on. But otherwise, pretty much Kyle Pitts to Atlanta as well. Guys, feel free to jump in any point in time yeah. coming on any of these. So here's it, here here was stand my, out to you. my thoughts on the Lance pick. Um, I, I was really afraid that they gave up all that draft capital to draft Mac Jones. Um, so in some ways for them, I was relieved. Here's where I think this is super interesting. So Lance did not play this past year. You have Jimmy Garoppolo um, in place, and um, I, I think a lot of people agree that Lance is probably a project. Um, he's probably not ready to play right away. And so I think my concern is that you're talking probably two years of not really playing football regularly. Um, obviously being a backup, going through practices, all those things, but two years of not really playing regularly uh, I'm just really interested to see how that turns out. It's just a really unusual path. And, I mean, we, we've talked about this at length. Um, Justin Fields, to me, is a guy you could have taken at three and could have played right away. Um, 
I'm interested to see if they go with Jimmy G as starter from day one, if they give Lance an opportunity um, to compete for the job. But if he ends up sitting for this year and then they move on from Jimmy G afterward, that, that's two whole years of not really playing regularly. I also, talking about the 49ers pick, um, I wonder if they regretted that trade-up because you obviously didn't have all these rumors and things going around about Aaron Rodgers. Um, would they have been able to make a Rodgers trade on draft night if they had all that capital that they didn't just throw at the third pick? Uh, we'll never know. Um, but it's because um, Rodgers apparently loves, I mean, San Francisco, he went to Cal. Um, you, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, like the 49ers is a perfect landing spot for you right now. Um, and so I just wonder if they regret that. Um, of course, now you just have to move forward. You have Trey Lance, great talent. Um, Jimmy G is obviously a placeholder now. Um, and it's not if, but when Trey Lance gets his time. Hmm. Um, Mac Jones, you know, he was ready right now. I think he's one of those guys that you can draft and start. Um, whether the Patriots do that or not, I have no idea what Bill Belichick is going to do. He may just play the hot hand at quarterback. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I did not have Lance at number three. So, um, shame on me. And, and we'll get into the who is most right segment here in a moment. But I just want to get down and, <clears throat> and scroll through it. Just get us a review and see how these teams are probably going to how much of an impact these players we can expect the first couple of years. So Trey Lance, like you guys said, he's not going to start right away. What's more likely for him to win the starting job by the end of the year or him having to go in because Jimmy G's hurt? It's an excellent point, Probably winning it out. (laughs) I would say winning it out. Hmm. That's my take. It, it's tough. I mean, I think we're more or less saying that he might be guaranteed to play this year, that either his ability will carry him or um, if Jimmy G is as banged up this year as he was last year, they may need to play him out of necessity. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm still I, – I thought the same thing on draft night of if they had all those picks still – could they have just, you know, made the move for Rodgers? But you're right. We'll never know. Some of the rumors are they still make calls anyway, involving three and some other items as well to see yeah. if uh, Green Bay would come up, switch out, take Rodgers, take salary, and then still make use of it. But Green Bay's just in a contract bit right now. They're at a standstill trying to see if Rodgers will blink. And, I mean... I don't think he's gonna. Yeah, I mean, if I was any team except like the Bucks, um, the Chiefs, Seahawks, I'm trying to think of a few others with just stellar quarterbacks, um, I would be calling the Packers and yep. seeing what kind of deal. Thirty done. teams could could upgrade a quarterback. Oh, without Rodgers. a doubt. Yeah, right. I would have been fine if the Eagles traded away our future for Rogers, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, off season before we were sure if we were going to sign Dak again, because there was a lot of anonymity going into it. We're like, would you 
you try to assign a trade with Dak? Would you try to just trade for Rodgers and say, thank you, Dak, uh, go go elsewhere? Now, got the contract. I think this is going to be better in the long run because I think Dax is ascending. But, again, you get a chance with Aaron Rodgers. You kind of need to jump at it. Because then there's only these small windows that happen. But like a Peyton Manning going to the Broncos, you have this small window of let's take advantage of it. We've got a great team in place. Got to pull that trigger. <clears throat> Which was one of the other rumors was Denver. So no surprises really at number four for us. I think the only surprise that might have been was this trade might have gotten – this pick might have gotten traded. But, man, that offense is going to be humming. Now now that the hype is down because the draft is over for Kyle Pitts, do you guys see him actually make an impact week one? You think it's midseason where you start to see this or maybe not till the end of the season because sometimes wide receivers, tight ends, take a minute to adjust. If – he doesn't start making an immediate impact. I would really start questioning the pick because um, he's here at number four. And like you drafted him to obviously start at four, um, whatever position that is, I'm not quite sure whether he's going to be taking right over Hayden Hurst, whether they're going to be going 12 personnel, whether he's going to be lining up in the slot outside, you can use him wherever. Um, but if you draft pits just to develop, um, I don't think this was a very smart move, um, especially for a team like the, the Falcons that have a short window left with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Um, you have to figure out how to get this guy the ball. It reminds me of when, uh, of course, being a Dallas fan, when the Mavericks basketball drafted Luka Doncic, there was this interview of, is he a forward? Is he play point guard is he a two guard because he's really hadn't gotten to his role yet and rick carlisle the he- rick carlisle the head coach was just like his position's on the court so i feel like the same thing applies to kyle pitts his position's on the field get him on the field and just wherever you need to line him up yeah i i, I kind of feel like he's an immediate impact guy i i think the interesting variable here is what ends up happening with Julio Jones. He's another one of those guys that, you know, past that June 1st deadline, the cap hit goes down. Um, could they trade and just try to get a bunch of draft capital back? Um, I'm of the opinion of you have Jones, you now have Pitts, you have Ridley, and to Foose's point, Matt Ryan's window is for a couple more years. Um, just air it out. Um, you know, just air it out. Go nuts with the guys you have. And just see what comes of it. But I I really think he's an immediate impact kind of guy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think if the Packers really wanted to make Aaron Rodgers healthy, I, if I was them, I would just do whatever I could to get Julio Jones um, off the Falcons or just a trade like that. Um, but it seems like the Falcons are just going to have an embarrassment of riches. Um the NFC South will be fun football to watch, I think, this upcoming year. Um, you got all kinds of different storylines um, in that division, which should make it a lot of fun. Um, then looking at picks five and six, you got those two receivers back to back. I mean, Chase at five is not a big surprise. Um, but Jalen Waddle at six, I mean, that seems like a bit of a reach to me. What do you guys think? I, I did not anticipate him going that high. 
I, I really thought Sewell was going to go to one of these two teams. Um, teams with young quarterbacks who've had significant injuries, um, that left tackle position is really important. You, re- I really thought they would draft some protection. I, I really thought Waddle would go probably somewhere in the 10 to 15 range, not, not this high. See, I'm fine with it either way. I see what Miami's trying to do. Uh, I think what they're trying to do, bring it back to Dallas. When Dallas tried to run out Terrence Williams, um, who is the receiver from Jacksonville we picked up, who got injured. Chris, help me out here. Was it cold? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I'm just trying to remember the name. The receiver from Jacksonville got injured. Well, was it Keenan Cole? No, it was their, it was their number two. It was their number two before other guy went to Chicago. I can't remember anybody's name right now. Anyway, we were just not having a true number one. Then we found out, okay, we're going to trade for Mari Cooper because, oh, John Gruden didn't like him. So, all right, we'll take him. We'll give up a first for it because it does something for you. It allows you to really test out to see if your QB is the guy. And I think that's what a lot of the off-season talk was about. Hey, if we're going to pay Dak, we want to make sure he's the guy. Let's actually get him weapons. I think you might see a little of that with Tua, to where, hey, he's mobile. We can maybe run him around a little bit, even though I do think the left, you're never going to be upset with taking a draft penetrable. And then, okay, left tackle is good for the next 10 to 15 years. So to me, that's always more valuable than a wide receiver because – Rarely, even if you have a Hall of Fame wide receiver career, is it over 10 years? Not often that you still have that same production longer later on. But I think Miami has thrown a lot of draft picks at the board. They were able to come back and get some other later draft round uh, talent as well. So, which it, Alan, it's hard to say. Alan Hearns Alan is Hearns. The, the name we were there looking for, John. Um, yeah. Solid guy. Somebody you'd want in your receiving core, but you don't want him to come in and try to replace the recently cut Des Bryant, who was also underperforming at the end of his his tenure. So so as an Eagles fan, I want to jump in here quick. Yeah. Having the sixth pick and then trading back, I love it right now in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that sixth pick, you're hoping that Pitts or Chase falls to you. I mean, I'm thinking that's what the, the Dolphins wanted. I don't think Waddle was... Um, I'd say ideal for them. It's it's the guy they took. Um, he goes back with Tua. That's, I guess, good for them. Um, but as an Eagles fan, I mean, trading back to 12 and ultimately up to 10 to get Smith. Like, Smith is the guy I would have taken at six anyways. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm excited um, that we got out of that pick based off of how the board fell one through five. Yeah. And it's, well, to me, I'm sorry, John. No, go ahead. Yeah, to me, even looking at the chase pick, you know, Cincinnati has T. Higgins, who had a good year. Um, the other receiver who I'm blanking on right now. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Um, so you already had two receivers. Burrow's coming off that ACL tear and, and all that. And I think to John's point, with a great receiver – you know, the shelf life is not as long um, as a left tackle would have been. I, I'm just pretty surprised that Sewell fell to seven, um, thinking about those two teams and what their needs are. 
Well, it works out for Detroit because uh, what's his name? Dan Campbell. Um, he he wants a bunch of knee biters. So build in the trenches. So uh, listen, Detroit's in full rebuild mode. So they need trench help, which is how you build up build out successful teams: offensive line or defensive line. They get arguably the best non-quarterback talent in the draft at number seven overall as far as projecting out such a young left tackle uh as far as the value can't be upset about that value at number seven no that's a that's a great pick for them um one of my previous mocks i had sewell going to them i ultimately thought they were going to trade back acquire some more picks because they're just such in rebuild mode but um when you're a franchise with a new regime just coming in i mean it's hard not to have a better pick than just a foundational tackle that can come in, play right away and play hopefully for the next 10 to 15 years, like you guys are saying. Yeah. I, I thought they could trade back here to Foose. I, I think we all kind of agreed um, the last time we talked that they're probably going to be picking, you know, top 10, top five again next year. And, and so I, I thought, okay, you could trade back, get a bunch of picks and all of that. I think when you have an opportunity to draft a guy like this, um, who overall is probably a top five, some people would even say a top three prospect um, in this draft, um, it's a great pick. You know, I think they lucked out with that one. And then our boys in Carolina. Now I'm torn here because I loved J.C. Horn, but I also love being right. And I had him mocked to go to Carolina. There was a lot of buzz about it. They wanted to keep him in state. Well, actually, in the Carolinas, he was at South Carolina going up to Charlotte now to play. J.C. Horn goes number eight overall, the first cornerback off the board. And the dread as a Cowboys fan starts to kick in. We may not get one of these corners. You know, I'll speak to that. Um, I I remember watching it live, and when Carolina took Horn at eight, I had a sense of relief because I'm like, okay, well, Sertain will fall to us at ten. You know that that was my immediate thought. Sertain's going to fall because Fields at 10. was on the board still. Justin Fields was still on the board for Denver. Someone will trade with Denver um, for Fields, or they'll make a deal to get Rogers. Something will happen, and we'll be fine. You know, we didn't get Horn, but Sertain will still be there. And then Denver swooped in at nine, and they ruined that. Which, this is why I brought up earlier about the Aaron Rodgers thing. Apparently, there was quite a bit of talks. Uh, Local Denver beat writers even suggested that it was pretty much a done deal. It was this close to already being inked that Rodgers was going to Denver. John Elway was going to be like, Oh, you guys are getting rid of Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Sure, I'll take another one and get a Super Bowl out of it. Let's go. Didn't fall, th- didn't go through. So, Denver, I don't know, guys. What do you think? Uh, do you pass on the ability to draft somebody like Justin Fields? Hopefully, it wasn't just for the sole purpose of we might get Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully, that's not how you're drafting the top 10. The hope. Hey, if you have it pinned to paper, I understand that, but clearly a, they um, are okay. still loving Drew Locke. Yeah, there was a, um, a clip I think they released on 
social media of their uh, general manager fielding calls for the ninth pick. Um, if I remember right, it was the Saints and the Eagles called, um, or at least those were two of the teams that were um, shown in that little clip, um, which would have been very interesting if the Saints moved up to nine. The reports are they loved Mac Jones. You get Mac Jones there, suddenly Sertan's available at 10. Um, that could mean the Eagles didn't get Smith then. Um, and if the Eagles traded up to nine, would we have taken Sertan or uh, Smith? I don't know. Um, but the, the Broncos, it seemed like, had a lot of opportunities. Ultimately, though, I think it comes back to their division. And, I mean, that division goes through Kansas City. And if you want to be able to compete against the Chiefs, you need to be able to play some defense against those receivers. Um, and Sertan, um, well, I don't think he's a great pick for them. I think he fills that role. You're on mute, John. And that's the uh, that's a, the same reason Dallas was wanting Sertan. You know, you come in, put him on one side of the field. You don't need to worry about him. Um, he don't. He's never had like off the field issues. He probably doesn't have the upside that J.C. Horn had, but he's just a solid. You're gonna get a immediately would have been the best quarterback on most teams coming in first round, first year easily. But, I mean, you guys traded up with us to end up getting Devontae Smith. So, it, clearly, you guys wanted to get in front of New York to get the receiver. So, it's probably that. To me, I just I asked myself the same way I've asked because Dallas was on the phone with their people trying to trade up to get fields beforehand. Um, so, we've, we've already heard a little bit of them admitting that. So at one point in time, is the player you're getting worth more than what you would get back? Is Patrick Sertan worth more to Denver than the haul that they might have gotten? So, man, we'll see. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. But then at 10, I mean, we had that uh, words that I never thought I would hear on draft night, at least the first round. I was so confused with what was going on. We were. It was... I mean, it's funny, too, because we just talked about how you never, ever, ever trade a first pick to a division rival. Um, or just a pick in general. Yeah, or just a pick about, in general. about it last year giving us a center. Yeah, it's just like, why in the world would you do that? Um, and honestly, if I think if I was in your shoes, I'd be more upset with this pick, though ultimately Smith is going to be going to the NFC East regardless of whether you make the trade or not. And you might as well get a little bit of something out of it with a third-round pick. And, um, and Stephen Jones even admitted that because they asked them, what side of the ball are you trading up for? Yeah. And they knew ahead of time, hey, he's either going to New York or Philly, and we can still go back and still get our – we're going to play against him one way or the other. Might yeah. as well get another third-round pick out of it and still draft the same guy we were going to draft. Yeah, it seems like you guys didn't want to drop all the way um, – down to 20 with Chicago for that trade to because it seems like you guys went to Parsons. Yeah. Um, and you, you probably could have had that draft haul. But, um, yeah, I mean, as an Eagles fan, I'm ecstatic. Uh, you get Devontae Smith. Um, I mean, he could be a, a franchise-changing player for the Eagles. Um, I mean, this guy, Heisman Trophy winner, just his college football playoff was amazing. Um, 
what a run that was. And I'm just so excited to get him um, in Eagles green. It's just going to be fun to watch footballs on Sunday. Hopefully um, him and Rager, you got Goddard, um, whatever they do with the slot or wherever Smith plays, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because you can do a lot of different things with him. Um, one thing, I was, as I was just talking, I realized, I meant to bring this up earlier, but these top three receivers are all back paired with college quarterbacks they've played with. You got Chase going, um, connecting with Burrow. You got Waddle with Tua. Now you have Smith back with Hertz. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if those connections um, or, or if these players take better to the receiver position than some other receivers in the past because they have that familiarity with their quarterback already. Because um, looking back over the last decade or so in the NFL, wide receiver is one of those positions that's really hard to get accustomed to unless your name's Justin Jefferson. Um, but like as an Eagles fan, it's just, oh, like receiver after receiver after receiver, just not panning out. Um, and you get this, I mean, Corey Davis, it took him years um, to finally play up to a little bit of his potential. Um, so it's going to be, I think, fun to watch in that regard as well. Yeah, for sure. It also helps when all those quarterbacks played at Alabama. And so <laughs> for, the, for the most part, uh, it was either the LSU, you know, you have national championship teams, so you have talent that's already going there, so they're more likely to get connected together. Uh, but let's keep this thing rolling. We are we are dragging along a little bit. We want to get through all these 32 picks, and then we're going to jump right in. New York, after Philly with a steal, bailed out. Chicago comes up at number 11 and takes Justin Fields as their franchise quarterback quarterback of the future. See, John, I also like being right because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have this exact trade panned out, but you can go back and re-listen last week. Um, I was like, there is no way that Nagy and Pace are staking their football lives on Andy Dalton. This has to be a trade-up somewhere for Justin Fields. I said eight. Um, they ultimately did 11. But um, to me, this was just like... Ye- too easy of a fit um, if Justin Fields started to slide and it, it, it panned out for them. Getting him at 11, I think, is a great pick. Um, it may have saved their time, at least another season in Chicago. Um, and now it's just everything's on Justin yeah. Fields. I, I love it for both teams. Um, you know, I love that Nagy and Pace basically just said, we're not going out without a fight. <laughs> we're going to get a quarterback. Um, we're, we think he's the future. And if you're the Giants, okay, you don't get your guy in Smith at 10, um, but they got a haul. I mean, they got an additional first and second round pick in next year's draft. Um, they they can feel good about that. Especially for a team that's rebuilding like they are. Now, yeah. I don't know if they fully think that they're rebuilding, but they're rebuilding. Uh, so they're going to be pleased with that. Uh, we talked about it before the draft, next year's draft. Those picks are even extra valuable because it's going to be probably a, an, may even have some extra rounds next year. It's going to be very unique. One quick question I want to ask you guys. If Justin Fields sits out, is he still number two overall this year? Because we heard for years building up, it was 1A, 1B. Lawrence, well, then maybe 1A, 1, and then 2A, and that being Justin Fields. 
until this past well, year. What, what was the question again? If he sat out? If Justin Fields sat out this past year, if he didn't play. Oh, if he didn't play at all. If, you know, would he still, would he be, have been the second quarterback off the board? That's, that's very a great question. He was one of the leading forces that brought the Big Ten to actually start playing football again hmm. um, in the fall. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you have a guy like Trey Lance that just sat out a year and he's up at three. Um, uh, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Those are just questions I wonder about yeah. this year specifically. Because you had other people that sat out that maybe went higher than him. But let's. Sorry, Chris, you want to talk about that? You know, to me, Zach Wilson was the biggest wild card of this year of kind of coming in as the unknown and then flying up the draft board. Um, so I, I don't know, John, maybe if Field sits out, you know, Wilson is then the third quarterback and not the second. Um, it's yeah, it's just hard to know. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep on rolling and get into Dallas at 12, who picks up probably the freakiest athletes in this draft, Micah Parsons, number 12. Probably, hands down, the best linebacker in the draft moving forward, the best run defender, pass rushing linebacker, blitzing linebacker. And little sneak preview, I also think we got the best uh, coverage linebacker in the draft, uh, with Jabril Cox in the fourth round. So I think we got the best of both sides. Uh, that's going to be a steal for later on. But I, at the time, really liked Rashawn Slater. Plug him in, left guard, let's go. We got this thing rolling again, which he went right off the board. Next pick to the Chargers, who, I mean, getting to sit at 13, not trade up and still get Slater, amazing pick. And then you got Elijah Veritaka going off the board right after that. So... Foos, you seem to dominate those couple of selections. Tell us how you knew. <laughs> I mean, when you know, you know. Um, though, if you see right before that, J.C. Horn and then Parsons slipping down to um, the Patriots. But it, the Chargers, it, I think they were making it very obvious they wanted a tackle. I think they wanted Sewell. Um, but they couldn't trade a mortgage to their future to, to do so. Slater, I think, is a very good, very good player. Um, I think the only knock against him is his stubby arms, which that can be overcome in the NFL. Uh, you have yeah. guys that can can play great. Um, Vera Tucker at 14, I really thought that the Vikings were just going to stay put and take him. Um, did not expect the Jets to try to come up and get him. But then uh, Minnesota then at 23 picked Derisaw, which was great value for them. Uh, apparently, they were also a team that was looking to move up to get fields. I heard that as well. Um, but then they were able to go in the third round and take Kellen Mond, which a little spicy there in um, Minnesota. They've had um, some QB competitions not too long ago, um, and one might be brewing again, though I don't think Mond is that much competition for Cousins. Um, but, yeah, just looking at the draft board, the talent available, those guys to me seemed like the next logical spot to go for them. Um, because after, let's say, 15 with the Patriots in this draft, it's like, who knows what's going to happen with the rest of the first round. And, I, and we, we saw that. Um, there were some reaches not too far long after that um, and some real head scratchers. Yeah, I think looking at it, 
Um, I, I am excited for Parsons, like John. Um, I had no clue what Dallas was going to do here after both corners went off the board. I, I assumed um, one might go ahead, um, but if one went ahead, we would have the other one to pick up. Um, I like the Parsons pick. I just think his athletic gifts kind of put him over the top. Um, I am very interested um, with the Cox pick in round four. Um, then also hearing that Keanu Neal is going to play linebacker, not safety. Um, you know, they already haven't picked up their option on Van Der Esch. Um, there are rumors that Jalen Smith could be traded at some point. So you just you just kind of wonder um, what they're doing on the defensive side and all that. Who's um, going to take that contract? Who? <laughs> that is an excellent question, John. Um, and it's why it's just a rumor for now, I guess. Yeah. I hear um, hear also yeah. talks again. Nothing in Dallas is going to say they love him until they cut him. I mean, that's just yeah. how how front offices are going to work. So he could be June first because they're already cutting people they just signed after the draft. Uh, Antoine Woods was their nose tackle. They're like, nope, we got tackles now. You're good. You make two million dollars too much for nose tackle. We're going to pay somebody six hundred k instead. So you're going to have a lot of that happening. So nobody's roster is anywhere near done. Even though the 90-man rosters were, I think, made official already. But yeah, we'll see how yeah. that all shakes out. Again, switching to mostly nickel 3-4. Three, 3-4 four. Three, four in base is what Dan Quinn said in his post-draft interview. But how do you get that many linebackers on the field? I just I just don't know how that works out. Somebody's going to go back and forth. Keanu Neal's probably going to go back and play safety because they have nobody yeah. at safety because Vegas decided to jump them in the second round. But we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> we're going to keep on moving right along and go through the remaining I will picks. say, though, as an Eagles fan, I'm not too disappointed that you took a guy with talent but also has a somewhat shady background. Um, it's it. going to be interesting how that plays out. Yeah, we did it again in uh, the second round. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the chasing Garrett years bill. of the right kind of guy are, yeah. are, a, are a distant memory. And they're all going to be in New York. <laughs> so, oh. but I think they so aggressively countered that. We're not going to get into Dallas' draft. We're going to save that for yeah. the NFC breakdown. We'll, we'll come back to that later. Yeah, I was going to say um, I loved the Slater pick. You know, I mean, the Chargers did not have to move, and they were able to get a tackle – um, I like the Vera Tucker pick. Um, when we talk about draft teams, drafts later, um, I love when teams go all in on a young quarterback and just say, "Okay, you're our guy. We're going to do everything possible to make this the best situation." Um, they did not do that for Darnold, and so I love that they're doing it for Wilson. Um, Mac Jones at 15. New England did not need to move up to get their guy. And I think Defus's earlier point, he can probably play right away. Uh, they're saying all the right things about Cam Newton. I think no one actually believes it, though. Uh, I think Mac Jones, um, with Belichick's tutelage, I never think he'll be an elite quarterback, um, but I do think he could be a good, solid NFL starting quarterback. And here's the thing, too, with the Patriots. If you want to light a fire under Cam Newton, this is a very good way to do so. Yes. Yep. If they think, okay, we have a chance possibly this year. I mean, they've went out and made a lot of moves. Um, and it's like, okay, we well, need to give just a little more, um, I guess, kick in the pants to uh, Cam Newton to say, all right, let's see what you got. Um, 
and he's a competitor for all the knocks on Newton for not having the best accuracy and everything else. That guy competes. Um, so that could be a very fun yeah. QB competition to see. Um, though it being the Patriots, I don't know how it's just going to play out. Um, it'll be I, very interesting. I think with Newton, for me, it's not a lack of desire. Um, I'm just afraid his body is not going to hold up um, because it just hasn't. You know, he's had injuries. I feel like almost every single year the past few years. And um, I, I think if he's healthy, he can definitely still be productive. I, I just don't know if his body is going to hold up for an entire season at this point. Yeah, and that's that's fair. That's, I think that's where he's at this stage in his career. However, year two into the system, half their team felt like opted out last year. <laughs> like they lost half their defense, literally. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how New England bounces back. But you know what? They're, they'll be fine. They've had yeah, enough. This was a, a much better draft for them than last year, where they took two tight ends who now it seems like may not even be on the depth chart. Um, <laughs> Listen, speaking so. from a former Dynasty fan, like you'll be fine. Go a couple of decades with bad teams. <laughs> then, then, then come back with it. You had you had one off year, and you're going to be back in the playoffs probably next year. So, yeah, it's a chill out doing one. Uh, yeah. So this is the point of the draft, though, between 15 and 16, where things really just kind of fell off talent wise. Well, we talked about them beforehand. Most teams will probably have 15 to 18 ish first round grades on players in any given draft. There's there's never 32 first round talents during a draft it's rare that it's even gets into the 20s so then like you said you're alluding to these teams just start picking what they want uh, just like oakland does in a couple of picks just like we knew they would uh saving collins goes to arizona um and i think that's the right spot for collins um talked about that last time too where i think teams was good for him if he was at a bigger school, I think this is where he would have fit in anyways in mocks. And, uh, but the Cardinals, though, I, it kind of baffles me because last year they took Justin Simmons, um, and it seems like they're trying to figure him out. Right. Um, but now they have Collins. So um, that pick kind of, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what they have in store for him, but um, I think it's a decent pick. And then, yeah, as you were alluding to, the Ra- Oakland's just going to, not Oakland, the Raiders are just going to Raider. They're going to do whatever they want. Yeah. I think looking at a few of these picks, um, I liked Zayvon Collins a lot too. I, I read somewhere um, Simmons was kind of the hybrid guy they drafted last year. Um, and a few people speculated that that might have been the reason that JOK fell. Um, part of the reason why JOK fell, we know he had health stuff, is that they still can't figure out Simmons' position. Um, so you don't want to have that same problem. Um, I love John Gruden. Um, I, I love John Gruden. Always good for a headline. Um, and he was good for a headline this draft. Um, I don't know how many teams had Leatherwood as a first-round prospect, but John Gruden did. Um, I think skipping down just a little bit. Real quick here. Yeah, go ahead, John. Because Mayock like, admitted, oh, yeah, we had people calling. We had people what, we offering to trade up to our spot. And we're like, nope, Alex Leatherwood, he's our guy. Not trading away. We can't trade away from that talent <laughs> in the first round. You know, Alex Leatherwood could be worth it. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, throw back to the 
Trev, I mean, Dallas likes to throw this in their fans' face. Any, anytime a, a reporter asks the Jones family too much about why they drafted somebody somewhere, they're just like, ah, oh, Travis Frederick, he was, we took him the first round, and everybody thought he was a third round, fourth round talent. And look at him, he's a, he's retired, is what he is. Um, <laughs> love him. Anyway, we went on from there. Yeah. But yeah, the Raiders yeah. are just going to do whatever they want. Um, I will add someone. I'm not going to say who, but one of us three called the Jalen Phillips pick. So kudos to them. Um, but yeah, Miami, they need some edge talent, and they got it. The Washington, um, I guess they're just going to keep stacking up that defense. Um, That's going to be one fierce defense. Um, with And they didn't draft a quarterback, so it's all in Fitzpatrick's hands right now but um jam and davis i don't know 19 seems a little high for me for him um doesn't seem like a huge position to need but yeah i, I mean i've I heard really, a lot of teams were really high on him later and he was shooting up the board so I, I really thought they would be one of the teams that took um the three quarterback one of the three quarterbacks that went at the end of round two beginning around three Draft the developmental guy, put him behind Fitzpatrick, but man, they are all in on Fitzmagic. Hey, we'll we'll take it. And then you've got somebody who we was probably slated as a second round talent that had been jumping up boards, who we all had in the bottom of the first half of the draft, but New York gets their wide receiver stolen, and they come back and get Kadarius Tony. Yeah, Tony, watching his highlights reminds me of Alvin Kamara, but he's not a running back. Um, so there's a lot of playmaking ability, but the thing is, how do you feed him the ball? Um, and they can figure ways out for that, but he's also really small. Will they, though? Um, Will they really figure out ways to utilize him <laughs> in multiple aspects of the game? Just like they you, used, you, just like Jason Garrett used Ezekiel Elliott out of the backfield to catch passes, like they told us there. Never mind. Yeah, Glad I, you don't know what broken. they're going to do. I, I don't like the pick for them. I'm just saying this is this is the kind of guy that he is. Yeah. Um, whether the Giants are going to use him right or not, you know, I, I personally hope they don't. Um, but he's a guy who has a high ceiling. But at 20, it's like do you call him? Do you consider like a gadget player, like a specific packages you need to make for him? Yeah, I I, I don't know why you don't draft Elijah Moore here. He's more. Like to me, they're more of the same player, in the sense that they do the same thing. Um, but more, I think, is more of that traditional kind of slot guy. And, and Tony, you're just going to kind of have to figure out a role for him um, in your offense. And, and maybe I'm wrong. And this guy's a superstar, next Tyreek Hill type player. Um, but I think he's a guy you can wait on, um, either trade back or trade up into the second round. Um, but to me, this pick just shows they're all in on Danny Dimes this year. Um, and this is his year to, to prove it or lose it. Um, and so they're just putting talent around him. Um, and as an as a Eagles fan, um, I don't think he's going to get over that hump. Um, but it could be fun to watch um, up in New York. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I think one of the comps a lot of people were making, and I think it's kind of a lazy comp, I'll say that, um, was Percy Harvin, um, a guy, kind of a hybrid, um, not going to be your top receiver, but you can use in a variety of ways. 
and all that. But I mean, you look at the draft board, Elijah Moore and Bateman were both still on the board here. Um, and so you're, you're, you passed up on, on guys that I think all three of us probably agree were better receivers. Um, I don't know. I think if you were that in love with Tony, you could have moved back. Um, I, I also think Indianapolis at 21, I really thought they might take Bateman if he were still there. Um, so I was surprised to see really both of these teams pass on Bateman. Yeah, I thought the Colts were going to be drafting an offensive lineman. I mean, I had them taking Darisaw, um, but they went defense which they, pretty hard in this draft. And they took the player. I mean, to cut you off their foods, they took the player that nobody knew where to mock, which was Quiddy Pace. I mean, his range was as high as number 12, and as low as, you know, the end of the first round. So, I mean, and some people thought, oh, he's the best edge rusher in the draft. But then everyone agreed, oh, it's a bad draft for edge rushers. So I don't, I, I didn't understand that pick. Yeah, I had them taking an edge rusher after they traded back uh, yeah. and get Jason Oa. But, yeah, um, just keep throwing talent on that team. They're still a well-coached team. They're still going to be competitive so and that's probably one of those picks that you may not especially with those first round edge rushers it may be a couple of years before you actually see the fruits of that down the road yeah well moving along tennessee taking one of the biggest question marks in this draft and caleb fairly um what do you guys think of that so well, we were pretty spot on with the rumors because the rumor before, and I put it in my mock, was that New Orleans was going to trade up to get in front of Tennessee because they heard Tennessee was going for Caleb Farley. So the fact that they go there, it's hard to say. What do they need? I I wanted them to boost their offensive line even more so just to add depth to it. But, uh, you know, if healthy – that's the question mark. If healthy, he's going to be a steal. Because if if we don't we don't get that news that he has a second back surgery, he's the first quarterback off the board this year, easily. So, and we talked about it when you get down to these twenties. At a certain point, it, the talent's worth the risk. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, a lot. A lot of what I had read was that. He, he was a top five talent before injuries that a lot of people had him as a top five talent. So I, I don't think this is a bad spot. I see that Foose and I both had Elijah Moore going here, which I think would have been a great pick, but um, it's high risk, high reward for sure. But I, I think at 22, the risk is not, I, I think it is worth the risk. I'll say that. Yeah. I'm just glad my team didn't make that risk. Um, we did so with Sidney Jones a few years ago, different injuries. Um, but yeah, I have a bit of flashback to that with, um, with this Farley pick, but Hey, if it works out for them, they have probably the best defensive back in the draft. So kudos to them if that works out. Yeah. And right after that, you were right that the Vikings, Foose, were going to take a tackle. They just took him down to 23 instead. 
Christian Derisaw goes off the board. And then we're followed up right again with Chris getting his pick, correct? At number 24 with yeah. Najee and, and again, uh, to clarify, um, I don't know that any of these running backs should have gone in the first round. That's just what I kept hearing that, oh, they love Najee Harris. They love Najee Harris to the point where NFL Network on their coverage of the draft compared him to Franco Harris. Um, and I think my brother and I kind of, kind of looked at each other like, okay, who's doing these comps? Like, I feel like um, Najee Harris may be a very good back that's only setting him up for failure, it feels like, but... They feel like they're probably a player away. I, I get it. So I, I understand the pick. Yeah, they, they're in win-now mode with Ben Roethlisberger returning for this year, probably retiring after this year. Running back's one of those positions where, as a rookie, you can step in and still just pick up where you left off in college. Um, Harris has that skill set they love. He's a bruiser, but he can also catch out of the backfield. Um, I think it's a good fit. I wouldn't have made it myself. You know, I had them taking uh, a tackle. So um, that would have been my own choice if I was them. But yeah, you have Harris and then ETM's even a bigger head scratcher. Does Urban Meyer just think he's still coaching college and he needs three running backs? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he even said that, or was it him or someone else? No, he said, like, hey, those are, we're going to have a stable. All three of them are going to play. Well, the ETM was like, it's like their third down guy. Down. And it's just like you're taking the 25th pick overall as a third down running back. Like, what do you think you're doing? Because James um, Robinson had a great year last year. You also have Carlos Hyde. Then one of my favorite things, Urban Meyer admitted, oh, yeah, no, we wanted Tony, and he was off the board, so we went with ETN. Like, <laughs> who says that, you know? Um, so I, I didn't understand this pick either, guys. I felt bad for you, Chris, when this pick came in because a um, little bit of context. Chris won um, my, the fantasy football league that I'm a commissioner of, and part of the reason was James Robinson. Carried um, my team. <laughs> yeah, amazing pick for him. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, Travis Etienne's name flashes, and I was like, well, that – that spices things up. Unbelievable. Um, and here it comes to the whole value. I'm literally reading an article they had about this to where the pick, somebody writing on ESPN said the pick did seem a bit on at first since James Robinson ran for 1,070 yards and seven touchdowns as an undrafted rookie. <laughs> undrafted. You spent minimal money. Listen, doesn't, yeah. There's so many different ways it could have went with this pick. Um, But hey, maybe ETN is like the next Fred Taylor for them. And that'd be great. But um, I think everyone's questioning the value of this. And Urban Meyer's just going to do what he wants. Um, Comes in from college. There was some struggle he had earlier with um, like tampering, I think it was right before free agency. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man, you're you're not back at college. You can't just do what you want. He said it was tampering. He, I think, is just not used to all the best players going to him automatically. It's like it doesn't work that way. Like they have choices. Some teams can pay more. Yeah, he. I, I don't think he understood how NFL free agency worked. Yeah. And then moving right along to Cleveland at 26, who, sneak peek here, is one of my favorite drafts was Cleveland's draft. The type of boy Greg Newsom. 
quarterback. And then, sneak peek, we're not going to go over second round today, but they they got Hufus mocked in the first round, in the second round. AJ, okay, they got it turned around, so stacked up on a defense was already solid. Cleveland is looking like a different football team than the Cleveland Browns right now. Yeah. I mean, you've got two guys who could potentially start on a defense that had a pretty good year last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you added two pieces to that. Um, you've got OBJ coming back from an injury. You still have your two running backs coming out of out of the backfield. I, I think they're going to be a really good team this year. Um, and so, I, John, I love their draft, too. Currently, they have third best odds to win the Super Bowl hmm. post-draft. So we'll see if they can't Baker Mayfield it up a little bit. But yeah, it'll be fun to watch either way. Uh, I feel so bad for Bateman at 27. Um, he was one of my favorite players this draft. Um, he was probably my third-ranked receiver behind Chase and Smith. Um and he goes to a team that is not going to use him right um, with the Ravens. I just don't think that's a good place for a receiver to go. Because, um, I mean, they're just such a run-heavy team. Um, and so I feel really bad for him going to the Ravens. At the same time, that's a great value for them, I think. Yeah, I, I really didn't think he would fall this far. Um, I thought Indianapolis at 21 – um, you know, I think even Jacksonville at 25, that would have been an incredible pick for them. Um, the one thing I'll say, you know, I, I agree, Foose, their offensive scheme doesn't really seem to fit who he is. At the same time, I don't feel like Lamar has had a receiver like him. Um, so maybe you're able to diversify the offense a little bit um, now that you have a guy like him um, as one of your receivers. And then... Uh... Sean Payton does more Sean Payton things, and is he on the Raiders now? It's hard for me to well to tell the difference. They're the same type, same type of coach. Where they're just gonna they like who they like. Uh, they're also a team that's historically drafted and paid for trading up for players that were maybe that wasn't the consensus overall. Maybe Sean Payton just likes his last name a lot and went for. Peyton Turner there. I mean, they already have, what, who, Davenport and Cameron Jordan? Cameron, it's one of the Camerons. What's the guy's name? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Turner, too. It's like he was projected to be more of a day two kind of pick than a day one where it's like you could probably take him. I'm not sure what their next pick, but potentially trade up. Yeah. Um, and the Saints are one of those teams that – they're pretty savvy when it comes to trading around. So I think they could have done that. But um. I just look at it too. Trayvon Merrig was still on the board. Elijah Moore is still on the board. Um, if, yeah, you could have traded back. You could have gotten him a later round. There, there's a variety of ways you could have gone. And too, if you're going to take a defensive end here, why don't you just roll the dice on a guy like Gregory, Gregory Rousseau um, rather than Peyton Turner? I don't know. To me, it's just... The Saints are a team that is, they're obviously not the same Saints as last year. Um, and I think this pick is going to continue to put them down in that that negative direction, unfortunately, for them. Well, we also say that, said this before the draft, that there's not really high-end premium 
rush talent. But you have this late first round to second round just bullpen different edge rushers and then figure who's going to fit in your scheme best. So if it's if you think it's your guy, if you think he's going to fit in your scheme the best, uh, you already have a plan of how to use him. Talking about Arizona, not knowing how to use Simmons, and that's probably what delayed his development and production on the field. If you have a plan of action for your player, that's going to be the main difference. And then we already talked about it earlier, Green Bay doesn't care about Aaron Rodgers' feelings. Yeah, I actually had Stokes going, I think it was 16 at the Raiders pick, and 17 they picked at 17. Um, he was just a guy who had an incredible pro day. Um, and you always get guys like this where, you know, Stokes had some good good tape. I think he had a lot of turnovers. Um, but other than that, you weren't really sure what you were getting. And all of a sudden, he came in and blew out on the like the 40 time um, and probably a few other things. And I guess Green Bay was just enamored with him. Um, I don't know. To me, you're in the NFC North. Um, I mean, you have the Minnesota Vikings with Thielen and Jefferson, but it's, there's not a huge need to get defensive backs to win that division. Um, you more just like we've been talking about, you want to get talent around Aaron Rodgers to just be able to ball out for the rest of his career. Um, and they just uh, don't seem to be on that same kind of page. Um, they're just doing their own thing. Um, and so this, this pick kind of baffles me as well. Didn't all of us, all of us had receiver in our mocks, all of us, um, Foos, you and I had Tony, um, John, you had more who was still on the board. Um, I, I'm with you guys. I, I don't get this. What didn't that Green Bay secondary pick off Tom Brady three times in a row? <laughs> I mean, they did. <laughs> what a what a gift! Yes, yes Tom Brady to won another Super Bowl, us. but he had some gifts on his way up. <laughs> I mean, I think you need to draft a defensive back round one. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, that's their biggest area of need after picking uh, off Tom was, Brady three times. I said this earlier. I was still hoping they would draft a quarterback just to see all things become utter chaos. Um, why not just lean all the way into it? I think that would have been great. Or trades that happen right there. Because the, <laughs> those draft picks are never as valuable as they are that day. It's like driving a car off the lot. The minute you make that draft pick, they're not worth the same round at minimum that they were just the day before. So, Buffalo, I think we said this beforehand, just, just take a player, probably just throw somebody else in that defense. That's what they did. They went ahead and took so, Gregor Rousseau, add more talent on that edge. This is my first time seeing this, but four of the last five picks are edge rushers, mm-hmm. um, which just goes to show, like, these top teams, they feel like they can never get enough edge rushers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how valuable that is to have that rotation. Um, I'm glad I was wrong and that the Eagles didn't trade back up. Um, for me, this was a draft where Howie Roseman had to get a top receiver talent to stay relevant or alive in the city of Philadelphia. Um, and he did so already with Smith, so I'm glad we didn't trade up. Um, Ertz is still on the team. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, the Bills getting Gregory Rousseau. I mean, we talked about it last time that it's hard for them to go wrong with this pick. Just take top talent um, that's available and just see what happens. And I think that's a good pick for them. 
You know, I, I had Rousseau at 32. I, I kind of feel like Buffalo is in a similar position as Tampa, where you had an incredible year. You can take a risk at a, at a guy at pick 30. And if Rousseau is the guy who got 19 sacks in a season a few year, years ago, like, man, that was worth the risk. I, I think they were in a position to take a risk and we'll see how it works out. But I, I think it's a great pick. Now, once we get towards the end, Baltimore, the same thing, take some more edge rushers. And then rounding out Joe Tryon. Trion? Trion? I think it's Trion. Yeah. But I, I have no idea. Um, I think it's interesting. The Ravens didn't take a tackle to replace Orlando Brown. I mean, they signed Villanueva. Um, but, yeah, they, they didn't feel the need to draft a tackle round one. Um, they're a team, I think, that is loading up really well. Um, and it, it really just all depends on how um, Lamar Jackson um, bounces back after kind of leveling off um, to his career right now. How do you feel about the end of the draft, Chris? End of that first round. You know, what I thought was interesting, um, Safus mentioned all the edge rushers going and um, there were a few guys that I really was surprised to see um, fall out of the first round. Um, we talked a little bit about JOK, um, the hybrid thing, um, the heart issue, um, all of those kinds of things. I, I really did not think Trayvon Merrig would fall out of the first. Um, I thought some team um, would grab him before um, the first round was over. Um, and then Elijah Moore was a guy we all had mocked. Um, to go sometime in the first round. And he all, so I, I was surprised to see some of these names. Um, you know, I understand, you know, maybe the need for edge rushing um, and all of that. Um, I was surprised to see so many go in the first round. Yeah, I mean, it comes back to that cluster of talent. And it's one of those positions that it's so hard to figure out if it, they're going to hit or not. So, again, when you're at the end of the first round, your team's doing well enough, you can afford the time to let players develop. That's why sometimes it's those mid to late round, first round quarterbacks that get drafted. They go to better situations, better managed teams, better run teams, and they have success. I mean, we've talked about that with what happened to Sam Darnold with the Jets. Now, it does seem like the Jets are... are turning the quarter here they're actually going to protect him chris you talked about that earlier but it'll be definitely interesting to see how all these draft picks have an impact who's going to be your offensive rookie over the year uh probably gonna be qb gonna have to say uh defensive rookie of the year maybe dallas has an inside side on that we'll see but so go ahead i'm just just to round up this this segment here um, I got a question for you guys. Besides your team's pick, who was your favorite pick of the first round? Let's go back to it. Let's get them all on one page so we can all see them all laid out. Because there's a few really good value picks. Um, 
that happened in this draft. For me, I think it's the Bears with Justin Fields. I think that's just a match um, that is just perfect for both teams, or both sides for Fields. Um, stepping into a place in Chicago with an amazing defense. They brought back Allen Robinson. They got Cole Komet. Um, they still have, can't think of the shifty re, uh, running back. They have Darnell Moody. Um, and they're just starving for quarterback talent. Yeah, I, I loved that pick too, Foose. Um, I loved, um, you know, Nagy and Pace being aggressive. It, it feels like for the past couple of years, you would watch the Bears and just kind of say, if only, you know, they had an elite quarterback, if only they passed on Trubisky and took in Mahomes or Watson. Um, and so it feels like they have their long-term guy finally. Um, and so I, I liked that pick that they went and got their guy. Um, I liked the Slater pick that, again, I think investing in that young QB and saying, we're going to put everything around you to succeed. Um, John mentioned this earlier. Um, I thought Cleveland had a really good draft um, to get two guys who can start right away. Um, I thought Newsom would go higher um, than 26, and so I thought that was a really good pick too. Yeah, It's hard not to agree with the Justin Fields pick because you had a team that was just in dire need of just competent quarterback play. Just, just standard, just average. And they're a team that... If you look historically, they've never really had that solid franchise star QB. They've had some quarterbacks that were franchised in the sense that they stuck around for a while, um, but never really got above that level. So for Bears fans, the Bears, hopefully Justin Fields works out for you up there um, in the Illinois. So anytime you're going to get your talent, I'm excited for Trevor Lawrence. I don't I don't know how it can't be that. You get one of the number one quarterback prospects for the better part of decades. Probably one of the best we've seen. Um, top five, top ten quarterback prospects of all time. Could make that argument. That doesn't mean he's going to pan out. But, and I know that it's, it's a ridiculously easy pick to make when you're in that number one spot overall. But, that's the pick of the draft. It's it's a cheat answer. I'm going to go with it either way. Uh, because you could have been New York and had a chance for it and then fumbled it away by winning a game you didn't need to win last year. But that's just that's just how the Jets run. Well, <laughs> we'll go ahead and call that for, for this segment, for this first initial review of Friends and Foes of the 2021 NFL Mock Draft. Stick around. Next week, we're going to go a little bit deeper dive into a division for our teams, uh, get into a little bit deeper look of who we loved, who were some sleepers that we think were steals of the draft, and maybe even give some predictions of who had the biggest improvement. Well, for Michael Foos, Chris Cortez, this has been John Damon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good one.